When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cormac McCarthy, Margaret Atwood, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Ling Ma. These are just a few of the authors who've written pandemic-related novels. The topic has just been fascinating for writers and readers for decades. But now the question is, will it survive COVID-19? I would say uh, for a lot of the acquisitions I saw and for a lot of the reading trends, escapism became really the predominant attitude of, of what people were choosing to read. Cindy Huang is an editorial director at Berkeley Publishing House and has been in the business for nearly 30 years. She says only the September 11th attacks even came close to having a similar impact. Do I just ignore it in terms of my fiction? You know, in terms of what I'm writing about? Do I refer to it? And it was a really long time until people felt comfortable even reading about it. 9-11 was just one day but we are still feeling the aftermath almost 20 years later. So it's hard to imagine how long we're gonna be picking up the pieces from this pandemic. Huang predicts that we will want to read about it someday, and that it will be included even in non-pandemic fiction in the years to come. Those writers who are setting their uh, novel in a contemporary America we'll probably have to deal with it in some way, even if it's only a glancing reference to how's your face mask coming along? (laughs) Today, we're going to hear from an author and an editor about pandemics in fiction and the future of literature post-COVID-19. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. You know, I feel like this pandemic, uh, the real one, not the one that I invented, uh, is a harbinger for pandemics that are on, on the way. Lawrence Wright is a Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter for The New Yorker. And so I feel even more urgent about trying to get people accustomed to the idea that we have to prepare ourselves against not just this pandemic, but the ones that are on, on their way. About a decade ago, he started working on a fictional pandemic story. It was originally a screenplay that didn't get made, but the topic sort of stuck with him. So Wright kept talking to public health officials and vaccinology experts. Pandemic was interesting because I had done some work at the Centers for Disease Control as a young reporter. And um, the place was just full of heroes, in my opinion. Eventually, it became a book called The End of October, and it was published almost exactly a year ago, in April of 2020, about a month into a real-life pandemic unlike anything else in the last century. Wright has since been called prophetic, but he insists that he was just paying attention. All I did was listen to the experts, read their papers, watch the tabletop exercises, and transfer that into fiction. Uh, and I asked what would happen And they told me, and it happened. 
The main character in Wright's novel is an epidemiologist named Dr. Henry Parsons. He discovers a disease outbreak in Indonesia that turns out to be highly contagious and deadly. After an infected man leaves the country for Saudi Arabia, Parsons tries to track him down before it's too late. Ultimately, the world goes into lockdown, and Parsons has to use every resource available to slow the spread and get back to his family in the United States. Sound familiar? Well, that's not a coincidence. Wright had actually worked with Dr. Barney Graham at the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to create a realistic influenza virus. Remember, that's different from a coronavirus. I wanted something that scientists would look at and say, yeah, that could happen. Uh, And those properties are totally believable. And so he created a, a very formidable form of influenza. And then I put myself in a box as a writer because I had my hero on a submarine with the virus and he, I didn't know how to cure it. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to call on Barney once again to help me figure out how, to, how could you know, this lone scientist you know, confront this. Dr. Graham went on to help develop the real-life COVID-19 vaccines made by Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna. Now, Lawrence Wright is first and foremost a journalist, and he'd already done all this research for his novel, so you think he might be in a great position to start reporting on COVID-19. But he was actually hesitant to dive in. I felt in some ways I had already done my pandemic story. Wright did end up writing a lengthy article for The New Yorker called The Plague Year. He's now expanding it into a book that's going to come out this summer. But you're not likely to see much else from him on this topic. Not all writers were so ahead of the game. Emily Temple is just now starting to turn down pandemic-related submissions. She's the managing editor of LitHub, a site for essays, reviews, excerpts, and all things bookish. We're still getting a lot of pandemic journal type, pandemic diary type, pitches, um, though I have to say we slowed down in accepting them because there's a limit. Temple is writing a story of her own and struggling with whether and how to incorporate this past year. I mean, I'm certainly just personally working on a piece of fiction that is set like in three time periods, one of which is like the present, but now it's going to have to be 2018. And then like 30 years in the future, in which I'm going to have to at least admit it that there was a pandemic. (laughs) She points out that readers and publishers like books that are timely, even if they've been in the works for a long time. For example, books about social justice tend to dominate bestseller lists after incidents of racial violence. So why aren't books about public health, infectious diseases, and vaccinology trending? The pandemic would be the most timely thing of all. And all I hear is, no, I don't want it. Please give me a fantasy. Please give me a, you know, 16th century. That said, Temple expects that even fiction unrelated to pandemics or diseases will be impacted by this past year. One of the things the pandemic has done is shown us how fragile everything is and how easy it is to have things fall apart. I just, as a subject, I think that that may be interesting for writers who are not, you know, not necessarily trying to write a novel about six months in their house, but are inspired by the things that they've learned about the world and about themselves during this time. Lawrence Wright, author of The End of October, 
may have already moved on to the next subject, but he does hope that COVID-19 stays in our collective consciousness. Well, will it be remembered in literature is a question. Um, you know, if you look back at 1918, you know, one of the worst pandemics in the history of human society. There are very few novels about it. There are there are some. I mean, even going back to the bubonic plague, you know, there, you know, there's the Cameron and and a few other novels that chronicled an event that nearly wiped out Europe. But I think novelists have struggled with dealing with pandemics. It is in our interest not to forget the tragic scope of the COVID-19 pandemic. Books have always been an amazing way of remembering. So maybe now is too soon, but someday you might be grateful for the writers that helped keep history alive. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.